Welcome to Mom Fashions. This is Emily. Join me for a special season as we search for a new co-host and meet lots of interesting women while we discuss the beauty and the burden of motherhood. This is Mom Fashions. Episode 81. Mompreneur? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mom Fashions. This is Emily, and I get to visit today with one of our Collin County Moms team members, and you get to listen in. I'm very excited to introduce you to my new friend, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be a part of it. Well, I would love for you to tell our friends listening a little bit about yourself. Who is Sarah? Tell us everything. Um, well, I am a mother of one right now. I have a second on the way. Um, my husband, my son and I live in Plano and we have three dogs. Um, so we're about to have a full house full of boys, uh, when the little one comes this summer. Um, and then my background, I have a background in news. I was in TV as a reporter, anchor, producer, videographer for about 12 or 13 years and moved all around the country. I'm originally from New Jersey, so worked a lot in New York City and Dallas, of course, and all parts of Texas. Um, and then once I had my first son, I wanted to work for myself. So I started a multimedia company. So I do videography, photography, some graphic design here and there. And then I project manage for AV. So that what that means is live production events um, when it comes to the technological equipment and directing the shows for stuff like conferences, galas, and concerts and stuff like that. So kind of navigating that mom work-life balance that we were all looking for. (laughs) You kind of talked a bit about um, your kind of your work history. I'll tell real quickly about my work mm-hmm. history because the the title of the episode is uh, mompreneur with a question mark because okay. that's like a lo- a loaded word these days, right? So I have worked in publishing for uh, more years than I'm going to admit to right now. On, I'm not telling you. I'm not mom-fessing <laughs> that. Um, and, but I worked in more uh, traditional publishing uh, means in the sense of like print publishing. So um, I worked in magazines. I worked in curriculum. I worked in trade books. And I did that uh, for the first several years of my career. And then I had switched over to doing like my own kind of similar to what you're doing, like freelance editorial work. And so I did anything from ghostwriting to basic copy editing. I freelanced for our local newspaper, all the way to like really managing big projects for books, kind of like a, almost like a freelance uh, acquisitions editor in some way. So I did that for quite some time before Fort Worth Moms came on my radar. And my oldest daughter was almost two. And I had kind of grown weary of writing things for other people. And I just wanted an outlet to where I could write something that was like, on my mind or that I wanted to communicate. And so I became a writer for Fort Worth Moms 
And that turned into managing editor, and then that turned into um, purchasing the site from Mm -hmm. the founder just like a year or so later. And so it was a perfect mix for me of kind of having my own business, but all of my interests collided in that. So this whole notion that there is even a word like mompreneur is interesting in itself because there is, in my personal experience, there's sort of one road with obstacles that you have to walk when I was in a more like corporate business setting. There's another road that you have to walk with obstacles in like when you own your own business. And then there's another level that happens to that whenever you have, you become a mother. Um, and so I kind of want to start there. What are your whole thoughts, your ideas about the term mompreneur? Because you've, you've had a similar path as me in terms mm-hmm. of working for someone, working for yourself and becoming a mother in that. How have you seen those obstacles or your experience evolve? So I think at first, like I imagine many of us, I was a little bit of deers and deer in headlights. Um, it was definitely an adjustment from going from having a steady paycheck every week to the mentality of, you know, you you eat what you kill, kind of. Um, right. So it was definitely an adjustment, um, but you know, I think what was really nice about being your own entrepreneur is how hard you work is directly correlated in what gets into your pocketbook. Um, you know, how much you're willing to go out and hustle and network and, um, you know, how much you're willing to teach yourself along the way or use what you've learned or find the right mentors or find the right software systems in place so that you can function at a higher capacity, you know, that all brings money into your pocketbook. And I think I liked that mentality. You know, I, I liked the idea of if I work hard and I, and I, you know, really try to do X, Y, Z, then it's going to show. And luckily for me, it has, you know, in news in the past, it's not always like that. Um, you know, it's, it's different at every station, but it's, it's, you know, how hard you work doesn't necessarily mean more money. It might mean better stories or better hours, but usually it just means you're, you know, live more or you're on overtime more or you get called out to the scene more or it's really not a good, um, it's not a great setup to have children. And something that I always told my husband when we got married and we're talking about having kids, my parents never missed a soccer game. They were always there to take me to ballet. They were always there to, you know, take me to any kind of sport or any event I was in, any play. Um, they didn't miss those things. And they were both working, not for themselves, but working remote before remote was a thing, you know? Um, and so that was something that I really wanted to make sure that I set up for myself, for my son and my kids is that I will take them to their sporting events. I will take them to their plays. I will take them to their, whatever they have after school activities. You know, I want to be present in their lives and hear about their days. And in the world of news, it's very difficult to have that kind of structure, um, especially when there's breaking news all the time. And um, so that was something that I really 
really looked for when it come, came to being a mom entrepreneur um, or a mompreneur. You know, I wanted to be able mm-hmm. to make my own hours and say to someone, a client, you know, hey, uh, if I can't schedule times at X, Y, Z, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm okay with in my head knowing, okay, if I miss an opportunity for making money or, you know, getting an extra client or whatever it is, I'm making that conscious decision to do that and spend time with my kid or see my kid's soccer game. Now, obviously, is that always going to be the case? No. But I like the ability to be able to make that decision myself. What other, like, challenges have you experienced or stigmas or stereotypes, like, in your own business or in your own family, in your friend circles? Like, what are other things you've bumped into? You know, um, one of the biggest things that I've learned a little bit is that there are not a ton of women in the AV world. Um, It's a lot of physical labor um, when you're like hauling equipment out of a truck, you're setting up a stage, you're, you know, lifting 100 pound speakers onto stands, stuff like that. So I've noticed that um, there aren't a lot of women in the AV world. And it definitely took time to gain respect. And I'm very fortunate that I work with a really, really great group of men and a couple of women now since we've grown. Um, But, uh, you know, that side was very interesting to navigate um, because in the reporting world, uh, you know, it's predominantly women. And then also in graphic design, in photography, you know, a lot of, you know, a a lot of that's changed now, but, um, I had worked with a lot of women before. Um, so this was definitely one of my biggest changes. And while I love it, it was definitely an adjustment, definitely took time, like I said, to gain respect and for people to kind of realize that, okay, so she's not just here for a month or, you know, someone said to me, someone said to me, um, at first, you know, we, uh, to be honest, I thought you were just a pretty face and, and yes. And while that, you know, my initial reaction was to be like, oh my God, that's horrible. I'm so insulted. You know, I'm very close with the person now and they are so respectful and so kind and so helpful. Um, but it's natural, I guess, just to be in that world to kind of think that initially, or maybe see that initially or it, or judging by stuff that they've seen in the past. Right. Um, I have no idea what their past has been like and what they've seen, but that was definitely an adjustment was coming into that man's world, um, of Mm -hmm. the AV world. So, um, but it's, like I said, I'm very fortunate that I work with a pretty great group of guys. I, I mean, I 100% work with women. Now I, mm-hmm. I will say like I do we do have a few contractors that are men who who do like some editing things for us and whatnot. But sure. it's, you know, like eighty women. Like right. it's a lot you know, it's a lot of women. <laughs> yep. So we have a pretty good working environment, a pretty supportive, positive, we're very family supportive as well. Um, but I have bumped into, you know, we have interactions uh, with PR and advertising companies. So when we're making, like we're trying to make advertising deals with sponsors. Yep. And, uh, you know, some of those are more female friendly than others. Mm-hmm. I can think of like two instances that were, 
you know, it, it was such a bad interaction. It was almost comical right. of where, you know, I'm a business owner and and had been a business owner for a few years. And this gentleman was launching um, a business and was considering advertising with us. And, you know, he wanted to have meeting and meeting after after meeting and he was so condescending i mean Mm -hmm. i cannot even like and he just did not take what we did seriously did not really consider us like a publisher or any of those things and you know it was had the attitude and this is probably what i've gotten that's been most surprising of him doing me a favor yep you know and not really taking this kind of like legitimately as like as if this is some hobby i do on the side for my neiman marcus money looking for reliable child care in the fort worth dallas area we've got you covered we've done the research and compiled an extensive list of local child care options to fit your family's needs You'll find a variety of child care options in this guide from babysitting and nannying services, traditional daycare, drop-in child care, preschools, and even summer care options. Visit fwmoms.com or check out the show notes of this episode to find links to all of these resources. Let us help you find the perfect child care for your family. We could probably talk forever about, you know, these types of challenges that we bump into. (laughs) Like I called it a myth before, kind of the mom, family life, personal life, friend life, sister life, wife Mm -hmm. life, you know, good neighbor, good citizen life and working woman life. Like all those things were supposed to be that there there really isn't such a thing as a balance Mm -mm. and i don't want that to be like a discouraging or disheartening comment but i would i would love for it to be free and just freeing like accepting that sometimes you have to give more time to whatever your work life is and that does mean that your family life will have less of you for that moment, that day, that weekend, that week, you know, whatever it is. And that's okay, right? And there will be other times where your friend life needs more, like there's a need there and you need to give more of yourself there. And there'll be times where your family needs you more. And there will be times where we can't forget that uh, you need personal time. And those other aspects Um, of your life have to have less of you so it's not like you can give it to it all equally or make it all everything that you want it to be right and you just do the best that you can and you know that it's going to be seasonal it's you know it's based in seasons and um your story is going to be you know sarah your story will be different than mine and mine will be different than someone else's and so on and so forth yep and you know someone said to me one time I, I, I had a, um, uh, she was the president of this huge law firm that focused on workers' comp and alternatives in here in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, very powerful woman. Um, and she was talking about exactly what you're saying, balance. Um, and she has this pie chart that she fills out. And she knows that none of the days are ever, or none of the weeks are ever going to be 
equal or even close Correct. to being equal. Right. But she's mm -hmm. like, as long as over like a month or two month period, it's not too wedged in one direction. She's like, I feel pretty good. She's like, yeah. The thing is, that's to her, to, she was like, to me, that's what balance is. It's being able to balance life over time, not day to day and having a perfect breakdown. Yeah, you're if yeah, if that is your goal or if that is you know, if that's what your ideal woman does in your head, you right. need to sit her down. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. tell her that that's not reality and and you will just beat yourself down trying yep. to master that. Yes. And you know, if you need not that you need somebody, but if you feel like you need somebody to say you don't have to do that, Hear me say, you don't have you don't have to do that. You've just got to find what works for you. I mean, I have been a mother for twelve years now and have, um, you know, worked that entire time. I have owned a business for mm -hmm. eight of those years and have grown it. And I can absolutely vouch that it is seasons. You know, um, like your whole work life is a relationship in and of itself. It ebbs and flows and there's ups and downs and really hard parts and really big joys. Um, and the same is true, you know, for the other relationships yeah. that we have. Yeah. Um, yes, that is that is actually what the balance is, is of you being able to accept that. Right. And, and, and identify, like think through, well, what is my ideal list? Like, what is that list I have in my head that I haven't really consciously thought about? Like, think about it. Yep. And then, you know, have a little analysis and be like, that's really unrealistic or unhealthy because she's always unrealistic. Like, she is never an attainable person, you know, that lives in her mind. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, my next question that I have for you would be, how have you worked to kind of unwind those notions or push through expectations that you've bumped into? Like, I don't want to just leave us on a Debbie Downer note. Right, right. right. Like, what are actual things that we can do to find what we're looking for is like some peace, not balance, but just some peace yeah. with being able to do what we want to do? I think um, two things that I've kind of really seen that have, have worked for me, right? Um, one is contracting out, not being afraid to not have your hand on everything. Um, and as a okay. business owner. Well, I needed, yeah, I needed to hear you say yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so hard? It, it is because as a business oh owner, gosh. you're like, my name is stamped on this. It has to be perfect. Yes. It has to be exactly yes. what I want it to be or how I would do it. Um, but I think letting go of the reins a little bit can help free you up so much and actually grow your business. Right. Right. Um, right. doesn't mean that you don't pay attention at all and turn in something sloppy, but, um, you know, contracting out is something I've definitely learned that has been more helpful. Um, and then also learning to lean on my partner more and ask for help. And I have kind of realized, you know, when we, when we can get into strifes or struggles, it's kind of when we're not communicating and I'm not asking for help and being very clear in what I need, you know, Hey, I have this, this, and this, I can't handle the day-to-day -day house stuff. Can you tag in more, you know? Um, yeah. and being vulnerable or being like, I'm overwhelmed mentally. I just need to sit on the couch for 30 minutes. Can you give me time? 
Um, And just communicating those things, you know, a lot of moms, you know, we think we are supposed to be superwoman all the time. Right. We're supposed to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's not true. It's not true. Yeah. And I realized that rather than snapping at my husband, if I just ask for these things and explain to him that I'm so tapped out or whatever it is or you know, the dogs are driving me crazy. Plus this, this, and this, you know, <laughs> like right, at right. The, if I ask for it, usually I'll receive it. Or, you know, I didn't get to this, this, and this, can you do this? This is what I was working on. Just communicating with him and letting him know that I'm not trying to take him for granted or, you know, sit on my butt and not do anything, eat bonbons for three days, but that I need help. <laughs> <If only. laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. So I, yeah. that's and, what I've learned. Yeah. And we, We have, you know, even in that we have, there's a little bit of like guilt wrapped up in that, you know, Mm -hmm. because actually it is okay if you were to not do anything for three days. Like that's actually allowed, right? That's okay. I think you and I are two peas in a pod. I'm an Enneagram type one. And I'm always (laughs) thinking about like, you know, the whole thing of the kids are napping. How much can I get done? Right. Right. That is like my mantra in life. And I've had to unwind that like you as well. Yes. Um, But just, you know, my husband and I, we have grown in that dynamic Mm -hmm. as well. And my husband has a pretty demanding job. Yeah. And a real traditional approach to kind of, if you were to look at our um, income comparison or we were to look at how his job's perceived in society versus my, like all those kind of traditional things. Sure. You know, I should like traditionally like not really ask him to have much input in like the family life. Like that's kind of, I mean, he has a really demanding job. He works really long hours. He makes X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and he brings in more money and it's a job that's like, you know, really respected, you know, by a lot of people. Right. So he, you know, that should be his role and I should take care of stuff. But that is that isn't that's not what happened <laughs> like right. because i you know because we're both equally parents and it doesn't matter like what our jobs are we both are parenting we both live in this house we both you know have the chores and yeah. so he does school drop offs you know like i do some he does some sure you know sometimes i make dinner sometimes you know he makes dinner like yep. he does softball practice and you know even just this week we had a sick cat, and on Monday night, I took the cat to the vet. I mean, it was like an ER type of situation. Was, oh, no. She was pretty sick, and I was there until midnight. He stayed home, got the kids in bed, got himself in bed. He gets up really early for work yep. and has clinics and that kind of thing. And, well, on Tuesday, I had a lot of meetings, and I was, you know, I had already done the cat. The cat's still sick. Yep. Well, he ha- he takes two hours out of his day to go take her to the vet again. I mean, this isn't even our kids. It's our fur baby. Right. Right, right. But I'm like, you have to have. You're a team. You ha- yes, you have to have a team. And I know that not everyone has a partner um, who's listening to this, but you can find a team and like people around you um, who may not, of course, be as invested as someone who's living in the home with you. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, other friends, carpooling stuff, you know, yes. um, different types of like childcare situations that you can kind of rely on, like to get 
assistance in these things. So I just like it's not a failure to do that. You shouldn't feel guilty to do it. You know, we shouldn't feel embarrassed to do it. Like it's totally wise and a way that you take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Well, I have loved the tips that you have given about looking for ways to you know, lighten your load. Mm-hmm. You For you, it's, you know, contracting workout. I've heard other uh, site owners in our network say that the first um, the first jobs they look to kind of source out are the ones that they dislike the most. You know, yep. keep the parts of your job that give you joy. Yes. And the ones that are a little bit more of a stretch for you will look for someone who finds joy in doing that. And yes. um, I certainly have found, even though I too find it really hard to let go of the rings, everybody on my executive team right now is rolling their eyes as they hear this. They're like, good Lord. Yes, Emily. But <laughs> when I've done it, I have found that particularly if it's an area that I'm not really gifted in, that it's so much better when that person does it than even I could have done it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I love, I love that part of it. So I love that tip for looking for ways to get help um, in that area, looking for ways um, to get help in your home life and even like your childcare situation. Mm -hmm. And um, just reminding people too, I'll put another plug in for thinking through what do you think that ideal woman or mom or business owner is in your head and like write it out or you know draw it out some people like draw you know whatever way it is for you to kind of like visualize it right and sort of you know analyze that um and I think you might find out some things about yourself yeah (laughs) and why you make choices so well Sarah thank you so much um for joining us on mom visions we will have some more information about you in our show notes that y'all can go uh, read and find out. And also we're going to get to listen um, some for, from some other women who have sent us clips about this very topic. So see you later. As a small business owner, I have found that it is incredibly important to have your priorities in place and to be able to shut off your work brain because it's really hard to appreciate the rest of what's in your life if you don't learn how to shut off the work part of what you're doing. I, especially maybe as women, because we tend to mix our lives really intricately and we tend, many of us are very creative and we're thinking constantly and work can really consume every part of our lives because when you own a business, you there's always more you can do. There's always more things and more marketing and more networking. There's just, it's never ending. And so I found it really important to know when to say no, when to stop, and when to think about other things. Hi, this is Heather Enright. I'm a contributor for Fort Worth Moms, the founder of a nonprofit, and I'm an author and a speaker. I want to give three quick tips for any woman that's an entrepreneur or a business owner or looking to head that direction. The first thing I would tell you is to be very aware of the need that you're meeting and who your audience is. Make your messaging clear and make sure that you've done your research and how to meet that need and um, how to target your audience. The second thing would be every day do something building toward your dream. Sometimes it can be overwhelming to look at a big dream and look at where you want to go and your big goals and feel like you'll never get there. But every day, take one step forward. 
And the third thing I would say is to keep at it. Don't give up. Don't look at the competition. Just keep doing what you're doing to the best of your ability and don't quit. Hi, I'm Sarah. I run down the hobbitholeblog.com. We write book and movie reviews for parents. The two best pieces of advice I've been given as a small business owner. One is that people have the attention span of goldfish, especially on social media. So don't feel bad about posting things multiple times. In fact, you need to post one thing multiple times to get it clicked on. People might be interested in it, but they're scrolling through their feed and they're not able to stop at that moment, but they want to come back to it. So make sure you're posting things multiple times. The second piece of advice is about strangers, um, that strangers on the internet are going to be more supportive of your work than the friends and family network that you have, probably. This has proven true for me, and it was a big shock to me, um, especially starting out. Um, so make sure that you are working with those and networking with those people that you meet online. Don't be afraid to network with people you're in direct competition with even, um, because you can still end up supporting each other's work and learning from each other and growing from each other. Um, and don't be offended by your friends and family, not, you know, jumping on the train like you thought they might. Um, again, it goes back to the short attention spans and people just don't really understand how important clicks and reviews are. So make sure that you are clicking and reviewing for other people. Um, that's the best advice I've gotten as a small business owner. As always, visit fwmoms.com. To see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Bill Media.